0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our Bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry.
1: The knee, a song of ice and fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight.
0: And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Theon 2 of a Clash of Kings, and in our Maestri study, we will be discussing Mode Kalen.
1: Yeah, as you know, today's episode is you know, we you I think we joke around, right? Because we the one time we did. The World of Ice and Fire, we got to the Ironborn and we were like, "Eh, it's not very cool. And then we started getting into it. We're like, all right, this is pretty cool. And I think ever since then, people are are just like, these guys don't even like, you know, the Ironborn. But, you know, (sighs) we don't. Uh, we don't are they start. are they wrong <laughs> oh <No, I'm> just...
0: <laughs> uh, gosh no i thought you were gonna say like we got to that point and in, in um ice and fire and and we we said yeah skip it i actually think <laughs> we were joking before we recorded that we said eh, let's just skip it <laughs> like, let's just skip it i'm right. <laughs> I, I t- we like, totally kidding but
1: to do we even need to do this chapter no yes this is a good this is a good chapter um and you know this is going to be tough Uh, For me, because I am I think, you know, I think when I think of the characters, I think of their faces and I think of these things. And so if you hear me say Yara today uh, describing this character, I actually mean Asha because that's what it is in the book. Although her name is Yara in the show. I actually think Yara is a better name anyway. Um but that's just that's 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 just me uh, but that it is the same character if yeah let's if let's slip say it and say that
0: now you've got it you got me mixed up here so let's say it three times so we got Asha 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 got it okay yes. Cool. all right <laughs> no I know all what right. you mean I know it's 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 uh yeah if we slip up that's fine I mean I go back and forth between uh, Brianne and brianne so what I just right. do that to mess with people by the way so uh, <laughs> if you listen to the audiobook you'll know what I'm talking about. but yeah I, I get you yeah Asha Greyjoy um going to be a big uh, focus for us today. So yeah, yep, we'll get into that. But before we do, uh h- how's it going, man? How you been? Hey man, it's good.
1: Another week here. Episode 99. That is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know? Yeah. That means we that means it means uh, episode 100 of the reread is going to be a Tyrion uh chapter, which is great. I think Tyrion's the perfect character to have be our uh centennial hmm wow
0: yeah it's crazy it is crazy we've yeah we we just had um on one of our other podcasts hyperspace hangout we were talking about like an anniversary and so it's weird we're kind of coming up on maybe you know like a you know pretty cool moment uh for for this podcast too uh it's just great it's just great i know there's a lot of craziness going on out there and we hope everyone's doing well um we're recording this on memorial day so happy memorial day to to you folks here in the in the u.s and um it's just it's just great it's summer's about to hit uh it's starting to it's a nice day out here for me so when we're done i'm gonna go out and kind of get some yard work done but
1: uh yeah yeah it's just Mm -hmm. been yeah just hey states states are starting to open back up which is pretty uh pretty cool uh hope everyone stays uh safe wear your mask take your uh hand sanitizer with you um but, yeah, so that is at least uh, at least some good news, right, that, that these states are kind of opening back up. So maybe, yeah. uh, you know, here in the next couple of months we can all return to the jobs we all lost. Right. Like myself. So uh, yeah. there's that. But <laughs> no, yeah. so um, anywho, Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive in here, man, because we got a lot to discuss today. So I thought we'd start the show talking a little bit about the HBO prequel, right? Because we had a Raven asking us to talk about Daemon Targaryen. And the last time I checked about the prequel, everyone was saying it's going to be Dance of the Dragons. Well, now some people are saying it it might be some Aegon's Conquest stuff too. So who really knows? It's still way too early to find out. But HBO Max, the new streaming service, does come out this week. So it's possible you may get some news because everyone's going to be searching HBO Max and then they're going to be saying, what's all on this thing? What all content can I watch? You know, people are going to be exploring all of that stuff. Um, And so, you know, it's possible may get like, you know, a piece or two of information about that show, um, because uh, we did just get announced. Not that it has anything to do with Game of Thrones, but it does have to do with HBO Max that DC Comics is finally releasing the long-awaited Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And that mm-hmm. said that said, it's not even going to come out until 2021, right? And they're spending $20 million to re-edit that movie. Which yes, is, yeah. I'm all for, because for those of you guys who don't know anything uh, about Justice League or Batman or Superman or, you know, you're not weren't fans of the original movie there is like an an, another version of the movie that's like entirely different it's way darker um because there was like some stuff i think his like son or something committed suicide right it's like sun died i think right or something during the during, during the production of that movie so he had to step out uh and then another director came in um whose name i'm blanking on but he directed firefly and avengers and um uh, came in, redid the movie And so, but anyway So we're getting that, which is cool Yeah, that's I'm cool super, I'm super looking forward to that But that's something that's not coming out until way later, right? 2021, and they're already talking about it for HBO Max So I think it's possible we may get some news about the Game of Thrones prequel soon Because, you know, the new streaming service is coming out Everyone's going to be like, what's on this thing? What's going to be coming out? And everyone's going to be like, oh wait, wow, there's a Game of Thrones prequel coming because up till now it's just been like announced that it's happening but they haven't like had any real reason to share any details well now they might have some reason to share some details because hey we want everybody to jump on board with a streaming service
0: yeah for sure you would turn to the showrunner and say hey is there anything i can kind of say or you know whatever what what piece of information can i give to people out there when we you know launch this or make make an announcement uh you want People are searching, you know, if somebody's just searches Game of Thrones and then you want HBO wants sort of their new streaming service to come up, you know, so um, that that's just another way to put that out there and search and get more people over to kind of hear the news about this, right. about this new thing that they're doing. So that would be cool for us. That would be really neat if, if they uh, drop some some nugget um, in, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, I, another thing I wanted to mention, too, so. You you brought up the um, our YouTube video and us doing some of those yes. um, like Daemon Targaryen. We're gonna look at um, Rhaenyra Targaryen. We're gonna go and kind of look at the Dance of Dragons, and we might have to go back. Uh, we might have to even go back to Aegon's conquest and and really talk about Aegon. You know, just because I don't really know either what the show is supposed to to focus around or if that's been revealed or or anything. I think um, they just keep saying fire and blood, and well, fire and blood would be. There's a lot. There's 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 a lot there. So, you know that's going to be interesting. If people have more details on that, or or there's more info out there on on maybe what uh, the show is going to look at, or what part of Fire and Blood it's going to look at, that would be kind of cool. I I'm either way. I'm excited. You know, either way, if they if they want to go back and do Aegon's conquest and go go nuts, um, I'm all for it, man.
1: I, I think it'd be yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just seems like the the Dance of Dragons is the place you go because a lot of the other stuff is so vague. I mean. I mean, gosh, if it's all of fire and blood, that's gonna be like, how are you gonna do that? I mean, there's gonna be a lot of time jumping. I mean, well, see, know, I, could, I, you could, you could do Aegon's conquest to Megor the cruel, but then it's like, hey, you get to some weird spots where you, yeah, you know, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I kind of make it up. I mean, it's, it's really like, like there's, we don't really. You can show us those major battles, or, or maybe they're gonna. Uh, Incorporate that as sort of like a prologue or something, and they're going to show us sort of Aegon conquered, and here's where we are. Flash forward past the old king, you know, right into Viserys the first, and 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 here we go with the you know the greens and the blacks or something. I I don't I I really just don't know how how they're going to navigate that because you could do Aegon's conquest and just make it be this really you know awesome thing, but you'd have to add to it. I mean, you can't just go. I mean, again. Fire and Blood is just the bare bones. It's just, even though it's a little bit more flushed out than A World of Ice and Fire, like it's open for a showrunner and for writers to go in there and make a cool story. So right. there, there's ways you can do it. It's just, if they did that, um, that's a whole season, Aegon's Conquest. I think you you would, you know, unless you're going to do, I don't know why you would do one episode there and then do a time jump right. or something. You know what I mean? Like you want to get invested in these characters and really start to kind of like and, and care about them and where you get that depth and you get that complexity is in um, a dance of dragons so that's I think where I, I was leaning towards I thought that's where they were going to go but I again I'm open for if you want to if you you want to introduce me to Visenya and, and Raineys and, and and Aegon I'm all for that and talk about the the complexities there and um you know Aegon's sons and and what happens with Magor. I mean that, that there is a lot there too you know you could you could uh, you could do that for the for the TV show. So, yeah.
1: Anyways. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean that that streaming service launches this week. So you know, it's possible. i you know, as soon. I mean, sooner or later, we'll get we'll get some some news on it. But I, I think it's I think it's I think it's more likely we hear more about this prequel show than we hear about Winds of Winter. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah. first. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. Yep. So yeah, yeah. So there there's that. We should have a poll. What will, what will we hear about first? The prequel or Winds of Winter?
0: Right. Right. Can I just say, too, as we move out of sort of sort of the news here, I we, you always do this. You always type in, like, Game of Thrones news or or Winds of Winter news or whatever. And uh, you go look at, you know, Gur's blog. I decided to go in here and I just typed in Game of Thrones news on on Google. Wanted to see what would come up here. And, you know, it's like, Insider, two days ago, why the ending of Game of Thrones may not have aligned with the books. I, I could, you know... They're not finished <laughs> you know like it, well exactly <laughs> i mean like so it's just kind of funny i'm just sitting here going like why aren't we writing these articles um no and then another one um they're talking about fans spotting an error between daenerys and cal drogo's wedding and then um the big one here screen rant uh game of thrones 10 things uh we've never understood about daenerys targaryen you know and they're they're just it's i this is all kind of coming up because one year ago around this time we had season eight, you know, and, and all this, this controversy and everything and everyone talking about like what was happening with, with season eight and why qu- things aren't being answered or why things are going the way they're going. And we had so many questions and speculation and it was just a, it was a crazy time. And so now people are writing, you know, one year ago and they're, they're kind of doing these wrap ups and talking about um, you know, the impact that that show had just over a year ago. So
1: yeah, it is crazy to think. Yeah, it was was one year ago. People have been, have definitely been sharing like what was going on and and all that stuff. Uh, like a year ago, thinking about it, it's was, it's was crazy to think. You know, like hey, we were watching the. I mean, I remember, gosh, sitting there, especially like episode three, just like oh my god, watching it, being like this is crazy. Like having yeah. no idea, having no idea what was
0: gonna happen. Yeah, can, can I tell you too? My, one of my favorite memories, and I I know I've mentioned this probably about six months ago or maybe, but but uh, when I was at Star Wars Celebration, I remember I'm there, it was a Sunday, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I had to, well, when was that? Anyways, yeah, because I think we stayed for Monday. But I, had, I was in a hotel in some back like, um, conference room that had been closed. I was going around a hotel looking for an unlocked door, trying to find a conference room to get into so I would not be disturbed and I could just sort of talk to Sir Matt about the, you know, the show. And I was I was in Chicago at Star Wars Celebration and I, I will never forget just kinda of walking around and, and pacing and if you go back and listen to that episode, there are people walking past me, you know, and they hear me say, uh, Game of Thrones, they give me like thumbs up and they're walking past and I'm, you know, doing the best I can to kinda kinda talk about it. So it was a crazy time. It was cool. It was it was it was really cool. And and again we got a lot a lot more listeners and people uh who were interested in the books and decided to kinda pick up a song of Ice and
1: Fire and just and just roll with it. So it's been great. Yeah absolutely absolutely so all right as well uh let's dive on in to the maesters study today I believe we're talking a little bit about moat kalen
0: yeah for sure and i want to mention um i think next week um i'm gonna have lady raj uh, mistress of horse back on like i said once a month i'm gonna try to bring my squire on and and do a maester study so uh this is sort of a shout out to her and and uh, maybe next week we can kind of get together and figure out what that next study is going to be for Tyrion's chapter next week, episode 100. Um, but this week, yeah, we're we're talking about Moat Uh We always try to find something in the chapter, something that's referenced in the chapter, and and pull that out and kind of expand it a little bit. Um, and we've mentioned Moat Kalen before, but I wanted to bring this up because it's going to be important to the Theon chapters moving forward. It, 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 you know, it really is. Um, it's this ancient stronghold of the First Men. And it's right there, if you pull up a map, um, you'll see that it is north of Gray Water Watch. Um, so we're talking about this neck, this, this region, this uh, access point up into uh, the, the, the north. So it's basically the roads, and if, if you look at the swamp area there around the neck and around Graywater Watch, which, by the way, I just I just had a flashback to us covering... Um, a world of ice and fire and talking about this, the great flooding and how possibly the children tried to like separate the north from from the south right there, right? Just like they did with the breaking of, of the arm of Dorne. Somehow that just hit me because you look at all the water there and you look at how the water is sort of, um, th- this is almost a point where Westeros would be cut in half. I mean, it would be like there's swamp region. It's very marshy and stuff like that. And then just north of that, once you get your footing through Greywater Watch, you run into Moat Kalen. And it's this uh, stronghold that uh, essentially you won't get to the north. You're going to have to sail around. You're going to have to uh, take some ships and land on the shores and kind of invade that way uh, versus just marching an army straight through the south. And that's a big deal because even during this time, it's it's easier to take a force on land. You know, marching, men marching or men on horses, um, you have a smaller force when you decide to Take them on on ships, you you risk running into storms and and losing people along the way. And then once you land, like, you know, you have to march inland and they're already on land and already have the high ground and all this kind of stuff. So it's very important if you're going to march north and you're going to try to take the north that you go through Moat Kaelin. It's a real strategic point, I guess, if you will. So, yeah, it was once a great uh, stronghold with 20 towers, uh, a wooden keep and a great sort of um, curtain wall, this this high wall that's it's almost as high as like what you would see at Winterfell. And it's made of this black basalt um, kind of layer. Uh, let's see the three, there's three, so that's interesting. So of the 20 towers, we have three towers uh, that remain. They're covered with green moss and uh, it's definitely old. It's an ancient uh, tower and it's still, very important, even though it's lost a lot of its other, you know, um, uh, features and stuff. And it's lost these, these, you know, towers, it's still kind of, uh, very important to, to hold. So, uh, let's see. And I don't want to go, uh, we, we could go into the history of it, I guess a little bit, as, as I said, you know, it's this spot where, uh, it was raised by the first men and, uh, it's, it's claimed that Mo Kalin has defended against Southern invasion for 10,000 years. And, again, I'm glad that I read that because going back a couple weeks, I was talking about how um, we hear about Azor Ahai, the great hero. We hear about all these ancient heroes, this long night. And I think the story is distorted. I mean, over 10,000 years, a lot of stuff has to get changed and distorted and lost. And, uh, you know, I think that's just interesting to keep in mind. So this is, again... 10,000 years ago, perhaps Moat has been around d- defending from a southern invasion. And of the 20 towers, we have three left. So, uh, according to myth, the Green Seers of the Children of the Forest worked dark magic at Moat Uh From the Children's Tower, they uh, are said to have used the Hammer of the Waters. So, that's what I was talking about the Hammer of the Waters. Um, and they were trying to bring that down on the neck. So, just south of Moat they were trying to bring large amounts of water and break Westeros into two continents. And again, uh, Matt, this is interesting, right, that you have Greywater Watch right there in the midst of that, which is this mysterious disappearing, you know, keep just south of Moat Kalin, where Howlin' Reed um, is in the, in the Krenigmeng. And they look like children, maybe a crossbreed between first men and children, perhaps. Right. And nobody
1: and nobody knows who they are or where they're from. Yeah, it is. You know, Uh, I also think, you know, I pulled up. I have an image of it pulled up from the show uh, because I was trying to remember where exactly did we run into Mo Kalen at the show? Um, And it's, you know, it's Ramsey takes it. Right. Uh, And then that's when he takes he sends Theon in, you know, Reek in and he has to go in and pretend that he's Theon Greyjoy. Um, to convince them to surrender and then they do and then Ramsey comes in and kills them all. Yeah. Uh but you know the show actually it, you look at the like a picture of it here, um, man, it's I think they do a really good job, right? It's this this kind of big beat up fortress, uh, and it's in like the middle of this enormous swamp, right? And there's just like one road that goes through it. I mean you can just see how they talk about how difficult it would be to take. I mean, it's like how would you ever take this right except for the fact that just nobody's usually in it right i mean there's no way that there's no the, those ironborn would have been able to had, had theon not shown up right there's no way that they would be able to take it by force uh
0: oh yeah oh sure for sure and, and well and and that's the thing is that you know at times it's garrisoned really well um i think it's the uh, house glover um is is there and that's predominantly like they're Kind of in, in charge of, of keeping that and keeping it garrisoned and things, but when when these armies have marched south, yeah, like it's open, and that's the, that's the thing that we're going to get to in this chapter is is that um, uh, Asha is is sent to take it essentially. Right, and we're going to go take Mokalem because it's 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 relatively undefended, and and Theon's upset that he's not the one going to to go take it. But yeah, it, it's it's not um, unless there's no one there, then sure you can walk right up and take it. But even with a few men you know, it's difficult to take. It's still, you know, um, you you have to time it just right when it's not garrisoned or or what have you. Yeah. So, because one of the things, going back to the history, is when the Andals invaded and they kind of landed over in the Vale region and they spread across and intermarried and all that kind of stuff, before they did all that intermarriage, they were warring against the First Men. And once they've basically controlled the South, one of the last things that they do, um, the last region that they're trying to take is... The North, and they sent army after army up there in Moat Kalen over the years. As, along with the marshy terrain around there, around Graywater Watch, slowed their forces. And they, they, you know, even though they have better weaponry and whatever, they they could not, um, you know, get beyond Moat Kalin. So it's a great, you know, uh, point of defense for right. the North.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's you know, it's I think I just think back to right, you know, some of that the, the, probably. One of the most epic, uh, Ed, you know, Nedard Stark, Ed, Nedard, Edard Stark, Ned, uh, Stark moments, right? When he's, uh, talking to Catelyn, right? And he's talking about dispatch, you know, these guys oh, here, yeah. these guys here. He's like, take them to Boat Kalen. You won't be able to get through. And it's like, yeah, it's sweet.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah, call the banners. Yeah. Get Get everybody rallied up. Get it, get, you know, uh, garrison the old forts and get everything ready to go. And, and that's the thing, like, you, uh, it had never been taken from the south. It was vulnerable to the north and to the east is something that the wiki says. And there were multiple... D- during the time when you had many kings, you had the kings of winter and you had... Um, oh, gosh, you had multiple... Every little sort of region and, and area um, had a king, but they would ally together and send forces there to, to kind of protect or, or meet southern invasions at Moat calen So... But yeah, you're right. That was one of those epic moments where it's like that's a really important point. Um, what, what is happening in this chapter is, oh gosh, the the Greyjoy's are hoping that Rob will be kind of stuck at River Run, won't be able to to fall back and to, and to retreat north because they will have Mo Kalen held um, against him, uh, and, and and then again once they are holding Moat Kalen, they can work behind it. Uh, They can go to White Harbor. They can go to Torrance Square, Winterfell, um, all these different, the Dreadfort, and they're hoping to go there and basically get resources and and collect, uh, you know, whatever, whether it's treasure, money. um, They're going to do all sorts of stuff up there. Now, they even say, like, at Winterfell, sure, you can kind of hold out for a while, but we're we're going to uh, eventually, um, you know, get into right. Winterfell as as well and if you look at where uh pike is and you look at where river run is and you think well could Rob sail around or could he get back up no he'd have to go sort of past the iron islands and that's not that's not good they're they're known for being masters of of the sea like they're gonna um they're, they're that's their turf really that's gonna be difficult so they really would have them in in this spot and we'll talk about it later but I, I think a lot of this is uh, if if you can't get to the Baratheons and you can't strike there and and you you're really not interested in stri- striking Atlantisport, well then, you know the Starks were were a part of the that group that force that put down the Greyjoy rebellion, right? And and took Theon as a prisoner or ward or whatever. So that's definitely still got them pissed off and and they're gonna do something about it. So okay. that's pretty much it though. Yeah, Motherron, right. keep it in mind and we'll talk more about. Who has it, who is controlling it, and and what that means uh, and, and how it switches um, hands and how it switches power. Because it, it does uh, throughout the series.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, as let's dive into the reread here. Uh, this week we were in Theon 2. Been a little bit since we were with Theon. Um, last week we were with John. right, on our way when we went to Craster's Keep. Right, and we learned that Mance Raiders gathering people at the Frostfangs Fangs, and also that Craster does some interesting, pretty interesting things with his uh, sons. So, uh, last time we were with Theon, uh, after an absence of 10 years, Theon Greyjoy arrives back home on the island Pike aboard the uh, Miriam. He docks at Lordsport and is disappointed to discover that his father, Lord Balon Greyjoy, or as uh, George R. R. Martin uh, pronounces it, Balon Greyjoy, uh, has sent uh, only Theon's uncle Arian, a priest of the Drowned God, to escort him to Balon's castle. At Pike, Theon is, great, uh, is greeted coldly by his father, after which he presents uh, Balon with Robb Stark's letter. Balon rejects the proposed alliance with Robb, instead insisting that he will pay the iron price and carve out a kingdom of his own. This week, Theon 2 Theon Greyjoy meets an ironborn woman calling herself Eskrid while admiring his new longship immediately taken by her. Uh, Theon responds to her flirtations, eventually offering her a ride to his father's castle. They continue to flirt en route to Pike. but upon their arrival, Theon discovers that Eskrid is actually his older sister Asha or Yara, for you show-only people. Um, at a, at the feast held by Lord Balon Greyjoy that evening, Asha sits in a seat to Balon's right, a place of high honor. Theon and Asha later join their father and two uncles, uh, Victorian and Arian, in Balon's solar, where Balon reveals his plans. Theon is furious to discover that he has been given the least important mission. Yeah, so, you know, as uh, some pretty... Uh, so, so there's definitely um, some things here, you know, we as we kind of going back through this, we've kind of been discussing differences between the show and the books. Right. Um, and one of the biggest differences is the merging of this character, Victorian Greyjoy, with another character, Euron Greyjoy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Victorian Greyjoy, not in the show um, and really. uh I think, I think the show does kind of a good job of kind of blending the two into the Euron we see in the show. Like, show Euron is it's kind of different. I'd say he's, he's pretty different than book Euron, right? Um, you know, the, the show Euron en- encompasses a lot of this stuff we hear about Victorian sailing around, doing all of these things, you know, having been away for a really long time, whereas a lot of that's actually Victorian, right? He's kind of that more, like, Pirate side Euron has like some more mysticism to him, right? In the in mm-hmm. the books and like he's got his own kind of like god and his own banner and all of this other stuff. And so he's that's kind of an, an immediate kind of wow, okay, like jump if you were only a a book if you were only a a show watcher.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it is different. Um learning about victarion and and Euron is 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 interesting. Um and, and- so yeah, slightly different. Um it's weird too like in the book at first, uh Asha kind of seems to downplay Victarion, but he's a big deal. It's just because we're talking among Greyjoy's. And I think to the rest of the people there at the Iron Islands, he's, you know, second in command. I mean, he's 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 a big deal. Um underneath his his brother Balon. But yeah, when Euron comes back, it's a whole different ball game. It's definitely definitely different and something that uh Shakes things up, so uh, yeah, so that's interesting. And there, there's another character in this that's really interesting. And this is where I love the books again. Over the show, I always will, just because I, I love the minor characters. Um, you have well, we get all these different houses, right? You get houses like House um, House Stone House. <laughs> um, you have House House Drum, uh, and this this guy um, Dag Dagmer Clefjaw, right? Who was sent to go get those houses. So he's actually a really cool character, and we'll talk more about him later on. I actually debated whether or not to talk about that character in our um Maester study, but I think I w- next time we come to Theon, I think I'll I'll talk about about him because he's he's fascinating. So uh yeah, it's it's um the Greyjoys are not have have never been my strong suit, and I never have given them a whole lot of thought. Where I really started to like them is when Euron shows up later. So that's when I thought they were interesting. I'm like, holy crap, What what is this? Who is this guy, and what is all this craziness going on? And that's when I backtracked, and I remember trying to learn more, and like, who's who's related to who, all that kind of stuff. But I remember on my initial read going, like, who cares about the Greyjoys? But then it was him that actually brought me back into this, because I got, I'll be honest, this, this chapter, it's one of those, you know, Theon, it's frustrating, because there's so many times where I'm saying to Theon, doggone it, like, d- what if you would have acted this way? You know, like, would your father have treated you differently? Uh, maybe there's some mistrust, but, like, it's because of uh, his, you know, who he is and because he has this, um, oh, good this manner about him that that causes us to not like him. But I also think it's sort of a defense mechanism because he's been up with the Starks this whole time and he has to believe that he's a big deal and, and you know, they're making him feel like they're a part of, like he's a part of the Starks, uh, and then knowing what I know in the show, it just, it, it's, I'm, I'm actually really hoping that that his arc uh, ends up being a lot like it does in the show just because I'm like, there, there is redemption because right now I don't like Theon. You know, in this series, it's just like, geez, man, like you make, he's making so many mistakes here and he looks like a fool. And that's the point. That's the point that George is trying to, we have these ups and these downs. And so when you come to these chapters, you're just like, oh, it's, it's just awkward. And you're just sort of like, you, you want him to be better, but at the same at the same time, you're sort of like, well, I kind of get it. You know, this this, um, this um, sucks. It's, this, this is one of those things where it's a turn. Like, we thought that, because we love Rob. You know, as you're reading along, you're like, all right, I really like Rob Stark. And he's going to send his boy Theon. They're going to get help. And this is going to be a screw you to the Lannisters. Like, watch this. We're going to get the, you know, the, the, the Greyjoys are going to help out. Oh, no. Theon goes, and his father has different plans. And then we're just like, seriously? You know, like, that just sort of is, is the frustration. But... Right. Yeah. Anyway. You know,
1: yeah. Well. You know. It's just. Yeah. It's interesting to think because the what I mean. Theon's put in a really tough position here. I mean. I know. Even I think even and that's why Catelyn says you know, it's interesting the way it's told to us right because the way it's told to us is that you shouldn't trust Balon Greyjoy, um mm-hmm. and then you know it but real and she also doesn't want to send you know she doesn't want to send Theon, um not in a way, trusting Theon. But I think the real kind of mistake is, is, isn't necessarily, the real mistake is thinking that Balon Greyjoy would actually go along with it, right? I mean, because he just, what, like, I don't know. Is there anything ever that we would believe, that would lead you to believe that, um,
0: Yeah, that, that he that would he, join That, up? He, that yeah. he would
1: join, yeah, I mean... When I just when I think about like, you know, sending I almost feel like you would have been better sending somebody other than Theon. Right?
0: Because yeah.
1: because it's like it's like, it's like, well, I'm you know, I'm his son. It's like, yeah, but you're That was a that was the
0: bargaining chip that you were holding. You were still holding his he, his son and you could have used he, him
1: against his father. Right. Yeah. I mean if you send somebody else to just be like, Hey, here's what we want to do, then his father has to make a demand to you, you know, that goes back. once you once you give him back Theon, he doesn't. Even, he doesn't, even, you know, trust Theon, right? I mean, so it's,
0: yeah, yeah, and, and and really, I think the thing is too. You know, I even if they would have sent somebody else, it seems like Balon saw an opportunity and had already put plans in motion. You know, as Theon is showing up, he sees that oh, okay, we're the uh, you know some of these great ships are showing up, and it looks like we're gathering our forces here. Maybe you know, um, he did write on ahead and say that he was coming, and they did know that he was going. To be coming their way, but uh, did what, what? You know, it's sort of like when did they actually start all of this planning and conniving? Is it when they learned that he was on his way back, or were they already ready to make a, a strike uh, at at the Starks? I, I think it's a couple of times where the Starks underestimate these people who have been scorned, or who have been laughed at, or who have been cast down in some way. So the Greyjoys and the phrase. You know, the phrase We we hear about all the mockery that goes on um, with them and in their relationship with river run and everything. And it's just sort of like that cannot be overlooked. That's, that's that politics, that game that you have to remember, like, look, they're just putting on a good face for right now, but underneath that they're hurt and they're upset and they're ready to strike. They're a dangerous snake. And you know, again, it's, it's going to take a long time for them to get over all of these other, um, injuries that you, that you bore them. So, yeah, whether they're injuries to pride or actual, you know, um, you know, a military strike or whatever. It's still it's it's still that they feel like they've been wronged and they're whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of tough. It's just frustrating, I guess, because you're like, yeah, why did he think? And, 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 and that's the other thing that that the ironborn have is, is that people underestimate them. They're not even in the equation until they get down to River Run and they're in this position. Never did they think that they would strike north. And that they would try to cut them off in their retreat. They just figured, well, no, we all hate the Lannisters, right? I mean, this is – clearly you're going to see things from our point of view, so you're going to join us. And when you don't, it's sort of like, oh, how did we not calculate that? How did we not well, see
1: Well, you know, and I actually think, you know, um, Theon – or, you know, Balon Greyjoy explains, you know, in the in the, la- in the last chapter, right, that, well, I could go take – uh, I could go take, you know, um, Land- not Lannisport, but – um. Like casually, right on yeah. stuff like that, but then like Tywin Lannister, like we won't, we don't have the men to, to keep, which keep is why, which yeah. is why he actually gets upset when he takes Winterfell, right? He's like, you know, they, we're not going to be able to hold that and all this other stuff. Um mm-hmm. But I I, I, I don't know. I, Balon Greyjoy. I mean, you know, you think sometimes I, I, you know, I'm critical of Renly thinking, you know, like ah, geez, you know, like you know you're gonna try and make what are, your you, thinking? Kingdom. What are you thinking man yeah. like what do you what do you do but big Baygr- is like the real guy to be like dude what are you thinking like yeah i know even I know. Even... it's in
0: their culture it's just it's yeah
1: yeah i mean it's, it's like it's like what's your what's your goal what's your what's your game plan here man what's like your what's your, what's your end game i guess take the north right like that's what you think you're going to be able to you really well, think you're going to be able to do that right like
0: yeah, and it's like instead of instead of helping somebody else gain a crown, I mean, he does exactly what he did in the first Joy Rebellion, which is, um, well, though it was a little bit later, like he kind of decides, you know what? No, I'm not going to, I, I think I should be king. And I think I'm going to, we're going to do our own thing. We're out here on our own. We're not going to pay taxes. We're not going to do whatever. Uh, we still hold to our own drowned god and all that kind of stuff. So it's more like, no, I'm going to, I am king. I'm proclaiming myself king and and here it is. So deal with it. And, and I really, if you're gonna pick a time to do this, seems like a better time to do it than in, than the first time. You know what I mean? Like that just seemed kind of really stupid. Uh, the first Great Joy Rebellion just didn't seem like it ever had a chance, and this one does because there's so much chaos and there's so many people proclaiming um, to be king. And you know, it's not like Robert Baratheon has like a long line or or like he he really was able to establish. His rule. I mean, he did himself, but then through like like an heir. That's the that's the thing is is the succession to make sure that you're able to kind of secure your legacy, and that's what Robert could not do. So obviously, because he's got a bunch of bastards, right? Right? Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just I I, I think I think if even if you're if you're Balon Greyjoy, like your best bet in this situation is one, wait for everyone to just kill it because you're in Pike. I mean, you're over in the Iron Islands. You can just sit back and wait right for yeah. every everyone to just you can just sit back and wait and you know nobody's gonna turn their attention on you or you can join up with somebody uh yeah. and 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 you know and like and do some do some serious damage i mean if i were bailing Greyjoy, i would have i mean even if your plan is then like oh yeah, i am gonna i mean you could deceive somebody later it's not like on the iron islands they really care all about you know like laws and, you know, rules, it's, it is kind of a little more like... Uh, it is definitely a little more or less honorable and stuff there, right? Like, they, it's just the iron price and that's it. I mean, they only serve the Drowned God, right? What's dead may never die, which comes up a lot in this chapter. I mean, I would almost call up Renly Baratheon right and to be and say hey like I'll join you I mean then you know you then you've really solidified that western if you're Renly Bar- Baratheon and Balen Greyjoy wants to join you but he's you know I get freedom or whatever afterwards you could even make an alliance that says I get the north and Renly may join you may agree to you know not fight with the Starks at that point not I mean because it he doesn't really have any reason to align with them At that point other than they hate the Lannisters but if you get Balon Greyjoy then you can squeeze Castley Rock and there's nothing Mm -hmm. and I mean that would take the Lannisters completely out.
0: Yeah you you know like if you look at the history and you look at sort of how the Iron Islands and and you, you remember the Riverlands like before they were given over. Um, to house Tully and stuff. You had Heron and you had like these different, like it seemed to stretch back over to the iron islands and there was some kind of connection there. It, it, it just seems like, right. They're more pirate. I mean, they're pirates. I mean, they're, they're really, uh, they're just sort of attacking they're, they're striking that like they'll strike the coastline, get what they can leave. They're all about just themselves and gaining whatever they can. And they're, they've never really been into alliances and that's just not their way. It's not in their customs. And that's the thing that we're, we're kind of understanding is that everything that Theon is is pitching to them and talking about alliances and things that they can do or whatever, it just it goes against their customs and their ways. And that's what Asha keeps saying: is You've lost your way. You've kind of forgotten, you know, who, what the Ironborn are, and how different we are from the mainland. And I think I forget that sometimes too. It's sort of like they're very different. They 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 don't want to be. They want to be their own thing. They want to be their own. Uh, group and they don't want to, they 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 don't want to deal with anybody else. They actually want to take from everyone else. Like not just like, oh, we're going to ally with right. the north and we're going to take from the south or vice versa. Uh, they're just their their own people. So they're, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just sort of um, sort of interesting uh, when you think about it. And I think maybe if they did have the reason I brought up that connection to uh, the power struggle between the Iron Islands and 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 the Riverlands is that like if you actually did acquire some land and you had more resources and you did increase in wealth, like what do you do at that point? You know, like once they get what they get, I mean, like your your forces don't get any bigger. It's not like they have like massive amounts of resources or whatever, but if, if they did get that, well then to keep what you have, like once you gain more, you have more to lose. So then you have to start kind of playing, I think some of these games that these other great kingdoms or these other great regions are playing right now they they're just the iron islands and they got nothing so it's everything's on the table for them to to gain they, right. it's it's like the dog
1: chasing a car you don't yeah, know what, I mean, what, what would you do if you got it You're, you like i don't know what they're going to do right it's it's like it's like the opposite of Dorne, right like the can sit there and you know i mean that in in a way they're kind of similar because you know it, it's I mean you really have to make a concerned effort to go to Pike and to the Iron Islands to try and take them on. Like if you wanted to claim yeah. it it'd be way, it'd be so hard. I mean it would be so incredibly difficult. Same thing with Dorn. Marching into Dorn is not an easy task at all because it's desert and there's mountains you know to the north of it i mean it's so i mean it's you have to really really think about trying to commit in order to do this so they can just sit back and be like oh we're gonna do whatever we want because we don't need to play your game of thrones um we can but we don't we don't need to uh and so it's kind of the same thing with the iron islands where they can sit back and just say hey you guys do whatever you want uh good luck trying to you know good, good luck trying to come attack us if you if you if you want to do anything i mean i know they like you know they need to expand somehow but yeah eventually eventually you would have to play you would have to play the game of thrones yeah. i mean that's the only way you would ever you would ever i mean even look that's why i think you know you look at like look at daenerys right daenerys goes and does everything that is the opposite of the way you would normally play the Game of Thrones, right? Like she marries a Dothraki and all of this stuff. But even in the back of her mind, the entire time is I may have to marry, right? Because once, once I get over there, I may have to marry. I may have to, you know, I'm going to have to form alliances to take on these big armies and all of these things. And so she's even willing to go and do things a totally different way um, in – in order to get what she wants, but the Greyjoys aren't right. They just think that their way is, you know, you don't, you just other than other than your impressive fleet, you don't have the manpower at all to to control everything, and that's ultimately what ends up happening. to them. Right, right.
0: Yeah, exactly. I know it's 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 bizarre to kind of think about. So um, I got to. Hey, I, I just noticed something. I want to make a quick correction here. So I think earlier, um, we're gonna get to this. But the places in which they're attacking, so we were talking about like we we brought up Mo Kalen, um, that is a place that we are going to attack, and that's sort of why I, I brought this up. But I I had the I had the two reversed. It's not Asha that's going there. It's Victorian that's going there to make that main thrust at Mo Kalen, um, and going up the Salt Spear and in the, in the Fever River. So just for clarity, um, earlier I was saying Asha. It's not. It's it's Victorian. Who's who's going there? So. Sorry, just read that. And I was sort of like, oh, shoot, you know, because I was looking at a map. um, We were pulling up these maps trying to look at like, you know, Pike and and its strategical location. And one of them, I was looking at Asha's journey and it's like, oh, yeah, she goes to to Deepwood Mott first uh, up there. And we're going to talk about all of this later at the end of this chapter, because it is very important as to where they're going and what they're trying to do and the the mess that they're trying to stir up in the north. So they actually they have a pretty good plan, but it's. And it would have been even better if Theon would have just thought things through, you know.
1: So right, yeah. So I yeah I just I just pulled up the map of the the War of the Five Kings and, and looking at there, at their uh thing. It is always kind of I always think that 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 the Iron Islands are a little bit further north, uh, but they're really not right. So they're just east, they're kind of uh, or excuse me, west of um like of like kind of River Run, right? So like you. you Winter, the Westeros kind of gets carved out right. You get in the neck there, it really thins, uh, then it opens back up. Uh, but off to that thin point is the Iron Islands. So, really, I mean, they're like just just north of Castle Rock and west of River Run. So, they have to make a pretty big, um, you know, a pretty big effort to go north. I mean, they go way up to Deepwood Mot, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then Theon's supposed to just go into there, and then he goes all the way to Winterfell, and then yeah, uh, going right in, in there through the rivers and everything to help yeah.
0: yeah, and that's where I had them kind of reverse. Yeah, but you, you, you're right; they're they're attacking at three different points there in the north. But yeah, they're directly, um, as you say, just west um, of of the Riverlands, and even the Twins are, are right there too. You know, so River Run is is just a little, uh, I guess, southeast um, of the Iron Islands. So,
1: which you know, even looking at this, I mean, even looking at this map, like. Ultimately, you know, you think Rob Stark and his men would have to come back, but Ramsey Snow is still sitting there. I just don't I, I don't see how they would ever stand any chance. I mean, especially like Deepwood Mott. I think that I think Ramsey Snow could have taken that had he even had, had he not taken Winterfell and just taken stuff more on the coast. You still I mean, how would you how would you get the men up uh, off the Iron Islands into the north to be able to try and hold any of these castles against some sort of bigger uh yeah army. again that's
0: right I don't think I don't think it's completely thought through I think it's a collection of like trying to um you know cause some chaos I, I really think that main host that's going to moat Kalen um is going to just keep the, the the majority of the fighting men you know from from get it from getting access back to the north to help free some of their people or, or even retakes any of the lands that were Taken from them. You know, one of the problems, uh, I guess it's Lady Hornwood, right? I mean, brings up, we talked about this issue of land and her losing her husband and the son and not having an heir. So what do you do? There's really the, the next biggest force, like the group of men who are kind of patrolling uh, is is at Winterfell. That's where your next biggest garrison is. You've definitely got some folk, in, well, we're building up um, ships over at White Harbor and stuff. But uh, yeah, like that's, like the idea is, we're, we're almost baiting Winterfell to come out, you know, like if they come out and want to, want to fight, then that's, it's fair, it's fair game. But if they stay inside Winterfell, it's much harder to kind of get to. But so I don't know really what the, I think the goal would be just to kind of hurt them as much as possible and take as many you know resources as, as you can. And I don't know that you're planning on holding them long-term, you know, I mean, unless, unless they're really, I guess you're, you're also banking that, well, and this is what he says: is that is that Tywin is, and, and the Lannister forces from the south, um, they'd have them boxed in essentially, and maybe they, you know, then some of those regions that were, uh, that they are holding on the on the coastline up in the north would be theirs long term. So I take that back. I mean, I guess that that is sort of the idea, um, is that they they'd be able to, to to acquire more land or more resources. You know, I don't know, but it's just interesting when you look at a map and you think, and I, I love, I would love to talk to, well, I just love to talk to George in general, but uh, I would love to talk to him about some of this, uh, like the strategy, you know, and, and having a map and thinking about these, these different things. And like, was he thinking through all, all of this and, and trying to see, st- see kind of str- strategically, um, you know, where, where to put people in a, in a tough spot. And I think, yeah, I think he is clearly he is, but it's just uh, it's well thought out. I mean, that's the thing. I, I guess I don't really think too much about like the planning of this of this story, but it's it's complex. You've got forces moving here, allies, um, alliances being made, and 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 things. And it's um, yeah,
1: it's it's a lot. So, all
0: right. Um, any other thoughts? I guess on that, just in general, like in general,
1: you know, on the. Uh- no, no, I'm not. Now I'm just looking at the wiki, looking at some of his quotes and 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 stuff like that. Right? You know, like no man gives me a crown, right? I pay the iron price. Uh, you know, it's just it's just some of the some of the things that he, right? Some of some of the things he says. I mean, really, he just he wants to be like king of the Iron Islands, right? And I mean, you pretty much are. Again, I still think you could just make an alliance with somebody, but I mean, that's just kind of his character. He's stubborn yeah, and yep. Right? Yeah. So it it it,
0: it's, it seems delusional cuz i'll even go a step further here and then we'll jump into to some of this and just kind of um, summarize what happens with the sea so, bitch and right, so on <laughs> um, but right some big takeaways right but what happens with Euron it, later on is there's this big proclamation that they're going to like take over all of westeros and you're like what you know it's just it's just crazy but again there's magical mystical devices in, involved in in that pitch um so it's just wild but uh, so back at uh, Lord'sport, back at the docks. Just to kind of summarize here, in the in the beginning, this whole bit is just frustrating, and it's probably mostly frustrating for Theon, right? Uh, who meets a Ironborn woman calling herself escrid and it ends up being his sister. Gosh darn it! Right, it, he hasn't seen, he
1: hasn't been home since what? He was nine when he was taken nine yeah exactly yeah so So the, um <clears throat> so we'll we'll kind of do some big some big takeaways here but yeah so he's they're riding back and they're he's kind of you know doesn't really know it's his sister just kind of thinking it's some um, just ironborn woman they're kind of uh, he's attracted to her she's you know right yeah he's kind of feeling her up i mean to put yeah. it uh you know pol- politely there um and she's teasing him right the oh, yeah. whole way yeah you know, she's she's teasing him she's totally having a lot of fun with this right um but really what she's doing is she is testing uh well she's yeah I was about to say feeling him out but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think she's really or she's feeling him yeah. up so uh but you know uh same uh same thing they're kind of trying to see you know like um. You know, who is he? Where does his alliance go? I mean, just kind of gathering some information on him, right, to try and see, you know, who, who he really is because he came here under, the, under Rob Stark's banner. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, I think one of the
0: things, you know, if he's going to be a commander and a commander of men, um, one of the things that she kind of highlights or a flaw that she, she points out in him is that he doesn't know his men and that his men wouldn't know him. No one knows who you are. And even when it, can't, when it comes to me, I'm your sister, and you don't even know who I am. Like, see, that's how, that's how far this goes. You, you, you don't know anyone here and no one knows you, um, so much so that you're hitting on your sister and and you didn't even realize it. Um, it, like, I, I guess, uh, like he, it, had he have taken more time to get to know her and was more polite and didn't just push himself in on her or whatever. Cause she kind of goes with it. Cause she's very confident. And she's very skilled. She is. Also his older sister, and she's used to commanding troops. She's used to kind of, um, almost she's, she's used to a harder way of life than he is, you know? So he, he's nothing. Right. I mean, to, to her, she's, this is easy. He's just, she's just messing with him. Uh, but, you know, I, I, this is where I think, man, Theon, if you would have done, done a little bit more just to kind of like got to know her and ask more questions and you didn't just make all these advances, I think would have gotten some respect from her. And she would have been like, okay. And it makes their choice, it, make, it makes sort of um, the way they treat Theon more difficult. There might be more remorse in how they laugh at him and, and, and say various things. Because it is, it is ultimately very sad that like Theon didn't choose this. He did not want to be taken to the North and, not, and be away from his mother and his father. And by the way, you figure out in this, in this chapter that his mother is not with his father right now. And that's also something that needs to be kind of resolved and we'll talk more about later on but um you know i mean she's tore up that that she she lost her sons They're, they're gone um and that that's it and so they this this father balon turns to his daughter asha and she's it i need you to step up you're you're next in line like you're it um and command forces and she's built this reputation she's a boss as we say she's no slouch she is a boss and she's well respected by by these people but uh we we get a little bit more about their their culture just in that she says she's married to the shipwright and that she's with child and it's all wordplay it's it's all sort of um uh, just careful word choice you know really the the child that's that's um that she's nursing right now is this is it's like a dagger that's in between like her breast and stuff you know that she pulls out later right um, and yeah, so that's it, kind of, kind of interesting. She has her own ship, which is, which is pretty cool. They talk about naming, um, this new ship that Theon is, is looking at. Um, Theon wants to call the ship a fair, a fair maiden. And, um, you know, but, but later on Esgrid says that she, that she herself, she referring to herself as a, as a sea bitch. And he then declares that sea bitch is the name of his new ship. Um, you know, which will be blessed by. Aaron Greyjoy is his uncle, who's who's the priest of the drowned God the next day. So this ship has been kind of made. And he was down there just admiring it, looking at it. And he's approached by his sister who tests him the entire way back to what she knows will be a pretty big meeting tonight with the other um, leaders of the Ironborn. So.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, so we get them. I mean, the majority of the, the chapter is them kind of riding around, you know, Pike, learning about stuff. You know, there's some, I think, uh, some cool character development with Theon um, because, you know, on one hand, you feel bad for Theon, right? Uh, because, I mean, he, it's not his fault uh, that he was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, basically given away as a hostage, right? I mean, forced forcefully um, as a hostage, and then forced to live with the Starks uh, his whole life, and then it's also not his fault that his dad isn't rec- welcoming him back. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, and then he obviously we'll get to it later where he makes some mistakes and stuff like that, but then um, you know, then maybe some redemption, uh, uh, some re- some some redemption d- d- down the d- let line. Let me jump in yeah, real quick. Ahead.
0: So I think I said this last Dion chapter, and I didn't I didn't hear from anybody about this. So I'm gonna say it again. Okay. Who else wants to just say to Balon, like when he treats Theon this way, again, I, I know that Theon has his flaws and he's acting like he's a big high lordling and he's been sent by Rob and that's got to feel good because you know why that feels good? Here's why, dad. Let me tell you, because you lost, okay? You, you lost big time. The Greyjoys were squashed and I was taken prisoner and I didn't know my family and I had to grow up with an, with an adopted family, okay? Now that's because you decided you wanted to be king. But yet you're ticked that I came back and I'm acting more like a Stark. Well, well, I mean, come on, you know, like I was raised by the. What, what, what do you want me to do? And it's this crazy thing where he's starting to realize, and it's it, it's really interesting actually because Edard Stark's a good guy. Um, even though he was there on opposite sides, there Baelon doesn't seem. He seems bitter. He seems spiteful. He seems um, really ambitious. You know, Edard Stark is the guy who who doesn't take the Iron Throne right? He could have. Um, And I think it's Jamie Lannister who says, all you have to do is sit there. Just sit there and you're it. You know, you're like, you're king. Uh, No, that's not what he wants. He wants to go back north. And it's like, Balon is just the opposite of him. And maybe it's because of their, you can go back to, well, the Starks have, you know, um, Eddard is kind of more born into privilege than than Balon and all that kind of stuff. We can go all sorts of different angles with this, but I just, it's just frustrating to me that like, that he treats his son this way when you know and, and Theon doesn't want to say those things to his father but like I mean at one point in the last chapter uh last theon chapter he does give it back to him just a little bit you know yes. and it's sort of like yes, come does. on now you know like this is this is not uh, it's not what i wanted so anyways i just can't emphasize that enough because it, same thing for for Asha it's like look you you got i mean a different experience th- th- than than i did you were older I was much younger. You know, I had less time with all of my family than than you did. It's just it's just different. So, yeah. There we go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the um one line I had I had highlighted here. This kind of goes back to what you were talking about with with uh, uh, Asha talking about, you know, the men and all all of this stuff here. He says um, you know, says Lord Balon is but a father of of a great man, right? You know, a modest lordling, right? Only a fool humbles himself when the world is so full of men eager to do that job for him. Yeah. You know, right? So, yeah, I mean there there is, you know, you do see some of Ned Stark in Theon, right? Uh, I mean, there, I mean mm-hmm. you you do you do get some of that, right? And then it's just it's it's tough because Theon's character, you know, how much how much of Theon do you actually see? In the books right I mean not really yeah. a lot Because then he then he turns into Reek and you know that's like a whole different yeah. I mean yeah. you know that's he's like A totally different character um, And then when we're at The end of where He is in the books Right now uh, I think he, he's in a Winds of Winter Chapter that we have uh, Right Is he may be put to death well, Right so that's kind
0: of yeah, Let's look at yeah. one more angle too on, on Theon So like he's always looking for He's looking for acceptance. He's looking for, um, you, you know, like I mean, he he wants praise from Eddard Stark. He wants that from Rob. Like he tries to become close with those, with those individuals. And when he saves Bran, remember when he shoots the Wildling, and and Rob kind of gets right. all over him and gets upset that he did that. It's like, you know, he's 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 doing that for a, a good reason. But it's because Bran's not his actual blood brother that he doesn't hesitate. I mean, and it's like maybe one of. Brand's actual siblings would have hesitated and would not have taken that shot, but since he's you know he's also just I, it's just it's just odd. He's in a really odd spot, and he's always trying to you know do more to show them that like look I'm loyal to you I'm I'm trying to help out or whatever. And well he's de- well he's definitely
1: loyal to Ramsey Bolton. Yeah
0: oh, boy, oh boy. <laughs> I mean I can't. <laughs> those chapters are going to be just grueling. I
1: cannot wait.
0: Yeah, uh, but.
1: Well yeah yeah they'll yeah there's yeah that's 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 going to be yeah. a lot. Um now I say, I think I said this last time
0: an interesting character and I want to do uh like a deeper dive on this character is Wex Pike his squire um who does not have a tongue who cannot speak and uh, you know um I think is privy to a lot of information that we're going to need later on and so just just pay attention to to that character because uh he kind of looks at uh, at one point in this chapter like the squire could have maybe said something you know but but doesn't uh so about his sister you know so anyway um yeah so after they're talking for a bit uh, he because he, he does go back to the inn to try to find uh Wex and and he realizes that it's packed i mean the inns are packed and it's because everyone is gathering because Bailon is about to move his people He's about to kind of orchestrate this and they've gathered people from Old Pike down to Pike and they they are Old Wick and they're trying to get everyone kind of congregated there. They've got the ships there and th- something is happening. If you had scouts out and you were like if you had time to do that um, which which maybe in times of peace like the, like the, like Riverrun um I, I'm, you know, like the Tully's, Lannisters and st- like they would have caught on to something's going on, but right now it's it's wartime. So no one's really paying any attention over there and the one person that you did send ends up uh, you know joining them. so so anyways they're getting everybody you know kind of together and um, and this is it just more of that when they go into that end, you can really tell that, that it's a it's bustling and there's a lot going on so they then from there i would say next next point is is that we actually um we go we we get ready for that dinner you know we're we're going to go and um, well actually before that let's, let's talk about the reveal i guess that Asha is actually his his sister
1: you know yeah right as he has when he goes back to the wind uh into the end right he's like um, um let me see here a stableman came pounding up after the dogs uh take the horse the uncommanded him and get these uh you know damn dogs away the loud, the the lout paid him no mind his face broke into a huge gape tooth smiled and he said lady asha you're back uh, last night, she said, I sailed from Great Wick with my with Lord Goodbrother and spent the night at the inn. My little brother was kind enough to let me ride with him from Lordsport. She kissed one of the dogs on the nose and grinned at Theon. All he could do was stand and gape at her. Asha, no, she could not be Asha. He realized suddenly that there were two Ashas in his head. One was a little girl he had known. The other, more vaguely imagined, looked something like her mother. Neither looked a bit like this.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's a shock. That's a shock. But, you, you know, you, you saw along the way, too, like everything that kind of frustrates him about the Iron Islands, the people, the food, the drink. Um, Dion has just gotten used to a different way. He prefers wine over ale. The dog's kind of uh, not not really too friendly with them. but yet she is the people. Um, they give him gruffer, rougher looks and don't really accept him as well as they accept her. Uh you know, the food, eating, eating the, you know, like like fish and stuff doesn't really set well with him. He's thinking about throwing up later. So, yeah, everything, there's a lot of clues later on, or I'm sorry, earlier, that show us that, well, she's definitely truly an ironborn and he doesn't fit in. And then now um, that that contrast is, is highlighted or emphasized even more going forward. Now we learn that she's his sister and she sits next to her father and uh, continues to kind of mock him and, and play with him. So
1: yeah absolutely i mean again and then it just goes into the whole idea like well is it really his fault or whatever but yeah she is testing him, and you can tell there's there's definitely hints throughout i mean that it's that it's his it's his sister right um so you know he th- he thinks like she must have enjoyed every moment of it right mm-hmm. uh and he's like freaking out he's like you know the way she was kind of grabbing me and all of this other stuff you know like um, he says, I have no place here, he thought, and Asha is the reason, may the others take her. Yep, yep, exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: Now here's something, remember we were talking about like sort of um, laws and customs and things like that, so we've already kind of said this, but like she's testing him to see, you know, and wondering why would men fight, fight and die for him, and his thing, and this is again something he picked up in Westeros, is that I am their lawful prince, and that's not necessarily the case, that is not necessarily true, uh, you know, he's, and she says, by the laws of the green lands, you might be, but we make our own laws here or have you forgotten? So, again, they, they got their own way of life here and he has forgotten. He totally has. So, yeah. All right. So they roll in here. Um, yeah. And this is where you get the feast, right? The feast was a me- was a meager enough thing. Um, we've got fish stew, black bread, uh, spiceless goat. Are, are these next up on mead, meat and cheese? We're going to have some fish fish nah, do not not yet <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> uh um the tastiest thing theon found to eat was an onion pie um i'd like to try that let's do that sometime
1: actually that is in the book and it does actually it does look it does look pretty yeah. good
0: yeah uh ale and wine continued to flow well after the last of the courses had been cleared away so let's see lord balon kind of rises from the seastone chair um have done with your drinks and come to my solar, he commanded to his companions on the dais. We have plans to lay. So Theon's ready to get up and, and just, you know, rush in after his dad. And she's just like, hold on a second. We're, you know, where, where are you rushing off to? And he's like, our Lord Father is waiting. Like, he's just obedient. Like, let's, let, let's go. But again, it's just more toying. It's more, let me, let me mess with my brother here and put him in his place. It just, ah, it's frustrating. Sad to me. Um. So Theon said, I mean, it." now I, I say that uh, it like maybe Asha was tasked with this, by the way,
1: that 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 she probably she probably. Was. Yeah,
0: because she does love her brother. And again, I love that she's she's in command and she's in this position of power and that and and I really do think um, this whole custom. Right. I mean, we know this, like this whole custom of like only men can, you know, ascend to the Iron Throne. And we were just talking in our YouTube video. That was the whole uh, Jahari is the first, the, the great counsel of, of 101 AC is whether or not um, the, su- the succession should pass to the male heir or should it go to females. It's, it's still something that they're struggling with. But, it, but anyways, I think it's neat that like, her father has trusted so much in her and he does put, um, she's a great commander. And, and she's one of the coolest, she's one of the best ironborn, I mean she is, she's like legit. She's, we love her in the show and, and in the book she's great. Um, so a lot of me just thinks that this is all, they're all kind of testing Theon. They just don't know him yet, you know? And it's, it's just, it's what it is. So, uh, so they go back and forth about, um, you know, all the mishaps that took place on their journey in there and the touching and the feeling up and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So they go back and forth about that for a bit. And, uh, this is once they finally, uh, get into sort of like the war room, I guess. Right. So they go in there and... Victorian was talking of tides and winds uh, when Theon entered, but Lord Baelon waved him silent. I have made my plans. It is time that you heard them. And he says, I have some suggestions. And when I require your counsel, I shall ask for it. His father said, we have had a bird from old wick. Dagmar is bringing the drums and stone houses. If the gods grant us good winds, we will sail when they arrive or you will. I mean for you to strike the first blow, Theon. You shall take eight longships north. So in a way, his father is trying to say that although you're only taking eight, you are making the first strike and you are leading,
1: you know? But in a backwards operation, human sacrifice. Yeah,
0: well, well, <laughs> it's it's sort of like that, that. there is some risk in it. I mean, it's 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 like low risk, but yet like he is the first person to walk up to the bee's nest and and poke it, right? And really, or the hornet's nest, whatever. And and you know, it is put in danger. Everyone else is going to kind of come in later because they have longer journeys, and they're given greater command. So it's like he's trying to less. I think he's trying to lessen the blow of hey you're only going to have 8 ships everyone else is going to have like 20 plus and command much larger forces but but don't worry you you're striking first Do you see what i'm saying it's kind of like he's trying to to lessen that blow oh uh, yeah yeah absolutely because because he's 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 upset he's he's furious that this is you know um that he and he's also going with with uh with uh, dagmar too um Clefjaw is so, sort of a big deal he's he's like a war hero a war hero he's he's known well and and, and like he's He's a big deal. He, he essentially would have the command. I mean, the reason that, that these men are going to listen to Theon is because Clefjaw's there, and he's he has a reputation. So, you know, which is what Theon says. Like, really, this is not even my command at this point. So, which sucks.
1: Right. <sighs> okay, so... After that... Um uh you know this is when they they they're, they're talking a little bit about right like so you know so theon theon's gonna be doing right the first mm-hmm. right yeah. so, the, so the first the first batch there uh and then they talk about where the other people are going to be going right you know um victorian right uh the main thrust will fall to you uh you know when they struck their blows Winterfell must respond right Salt Spear, the fever river we talked about this earlier and earlier um, so victorian is getting like i mean he's getting the you're going to be the the main the main force here now again i just want to uh, kind of talk about this because we don't we don't we don't see this idea in the show right it's just theon and theon and asha cuz Euron isn't even there yet right Euron doesn't show up in the show um, until much later, uh when Balon's dead and they have the they have the council. But Victorian is that like he's like your main kind of battle commander right and so i just think it's important to, t- to think about that him uh, victorian as this as this character that we're going to see more of in the book because he becomes a i'm talking huge deal uh mm-hmm. later <laughs> i mean you want to talk about differences between show and the book and where winds a winner will go victorian Greyjoy is like an enormous player in uh the books later yeah
0: oh yeah yeah for, yeah, yeah for 100 yeah So yeah, this is a great setup to all these different, you know, characters and understanding sort of through Balon, like what, um, what level, like the, the, the level of responsibility, like the, the the command that they're given kind of tells you what type of characters they are. And then, like you say, I mean, like, like relationship with their, with their other brother later on, we talked about this earlier, like that's, that's going to be a big deal, um. They all are, which, which is weird. Like, and, and where, where we experience or we, we interact with the, with the ironborn is, is, uh, it's not going to be as much. Well, we do come back to the iron Island sometimes, but they really go off here on this, on this little, um, venture. And some come back and, 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 you know, some come back and then leave again and, and don't, you know, make it back. You know, we, they're, they're still, their fates are up in the air. So, um, they definitely have a role to play. I, I wanted to mention too. So I, when I was talking about Moat Kalen, this is interesting. I think um, I because I'd heard this in the chapter when I was listening to it today. I was like, I was like, who garrisons Moat Kalen? And it was they were actually instructed. So the tall hearts and the Glovers were actually instructed to go there and garrison it. Um, because when you go to let me go back here. Uh, Deepwood, right, is the seat of House Glover in the north. So so there we go. So that's where where Asha is, is headed. And that's sort of a big deal. To to go up there and and, and take them on and the fact that a lot of his forces are south uh leaves that pretty exposed so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting um i I don't know so in general it's it's just asha is is given the second largest sort of command and then balon or i'm sorry uh victorian is given the, the the main host
1: so right Okay. All right. Well, as do we have a raven today? Yes, we do. Uh, oh, yeah. This is the one uh, from our good buddy, Sam the Hammer Man. We haven't heard from him in, uh, in a while. He says, it's good day, my lords. It's been a while. I hope you are both well and keeping tourney fit given the circumstances. A thought came to my mind during this week's episode that I was interested in getting your thoughts on. Given that Eddard, Catelyn, and various others of that generation developed such strong friendships by being fostered, don't you think it's odd that none of the Starks were fostered? Ned was fostered by John Arryn from the age of eight, and Brandon went to Barrowtown from a similarly young age. Yet at the start of the series, fostering doesn't seem to have been contemplated by either... Uh, for either Rob or Bran. Imagine if Rob had been fostered by Renly or the Martells, or if Bran had gone to the Dondarians or the Wents. How different the story would be. Robert's Rebellion is a direct result of the loyalty established through fostering, and it's possible to speculate that the Starks would have been deposed without it. So it's not just an interesting what-if scenario, but a clear discrepancy in how we would expect Eddard to behave. Surely he's seen firsthand how fostering protected his family's legacy, and he would want to do the same. Why do you think none of the Stark children were fostered? Is it a way to protect John, or could it be a sign of Ned's regrets, some of the loyalties he held during the rebellion? Uh, what would have happened between the Starks if the Danes had not been uh, for the Tullys and Baratheons, for instance. Uh, is he giving his children the freedom he never had? Maybe it's another sign that Eddard is a more nuanced character than he often considers to be. Keep up the great work, uh, and the additional content is really appreciated. During the lock lockdown, Sir Sam the Hammer. as um, I think I have actually a pretty logical uh, reason for this. Let me just mm-hmm. pull up um a timeline here yeah first of all this is, a, this, is a great, this is a great raven
0: i'm really it's a really good question
1: though uh, I, I like it sir for sam it's great uh well so i i think the easiest answer is because i believe they were at war when rob would have been like eight or nine right because that's when balon Greyjoy's rebellion is
0: yeah well and i was gonna say like um i i think i think some of it so uh i i guess then yeah, I mean, I mean that that is that is one reason. I, I was gonna say during the like the Targaryen reign, maybe why you saw more of that was because it was a time of peace. And if you go back to that southern sort of ambition alliance or whatever it's called, right, that maybe the right. fostering took place more so because um, people were were trying to build stronger ties and they were trying to you know unite. I guess maybe against. Uh, the Targaryens, or the Mad King, or 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 whatever, but it's a it's a good uh, thought, and it's it's a good it's interesting to think about how you make these alliances. It's something that Tyrion is trying to do with Marcella and Tommen was was floated there as an option too. So you do understand that, like, hey, look, we're we're open, we're giving you one of our own because we're trying to make this this alliance. Um. So, but yeah, I think I think the the Greyjoy rebel. When does that happen? How many years after?
1: So yeah so it, yeah so it's just about what I thought it's 9 years after Robert's Rebellion which is roughly also 9 it's um well, it's 9 years before a game of thrones it's 289 AC I think Robert's rebellion is to like 81 280 283 yeah so it's just a so it's you know about 6 or 7 years so so Rob would have been about nine. I mean, maybe you were you maybe you were thinking about fostering him and then you go fight this battle and all of this stuff and so he maybe just misses out on it and then the next closest person would be I mean, Bran's only seven, so if you were only gonna foster somebody when they were, you know, like I don't know, 13, 14, after he fights his rebellion, it might just... Be. So I, I think maybe that was just, you know, logically, like, yeah, he just kind of missed out on it because we were busy with some other stuff.
0: Yeah, and, and I will say, too, um, one of the things that Sir Sam is, is hinting at is that um, the man, Robert Baratheon, when he comes north, Ned is a little unsure, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's not the same right. Robert, yeah. right? He's not. He's, he's not the same one that he, he, he knew back in the Vale and things like that. He's still there, but... Um, He's lost himself in wine and, and women and all sorts of stuff. So it's uh I, I there might have been some stuff and maybe we just don't know this, you know, that went down with uh, the Greyjoy Rebellion and 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 maybe he learned more about Robert or and maybe it is John. You know, maybe some of that is is also that like he's trying to, to protect John in some in some way. Um you know, because he even net
1: is also a net yeah, oh sorry. Well
0: no, no, I was gonna say like like I, I, I know that typically the fostering takes place across like Well, not typically. I don't know. I guess when we think about it, it, it's taking place from, like, the Stormlands up to the Vale. Like, both Robert and um, Eddard were were fostered in different regions. You know, not just in the same... It's not like House Glover, like, takes Brandon for a little bit or whatever, you know, although they would. um, It seems to be you want to strengthen those ties by sending someone to another um, part of the Seven
1: Kingdoms. Right. So... Right. Well, the other, I think another another important thing is, um, well, there's a couple points. One, Ned. Uh, so a- after the Greyjoy Rebellion, Ned is then fostering someone there, uh, Theon. Um, he's also got John, who he's got to deal with, who's you know his bastard son. So he's you know uh, they got him there as well. Um, and then you know you look at look at how upset Liza Aaron is um, when. Uh, yeah, they you know, they, they're, they talk about Robert Aaron be, getting fostered by Tywin Lannister, right? Uh, she's, you know, like absolutely freaking not, uh, is that happening? And so you think about the Tully's and family, right? Family is number one. So I think that Catelyn would just, would not have let, uh, Rob be fostered. I think, you know, we want, I want him here. Like, I just, I think she would have put her foot down on it. Yeah. I think it was. It was probably. I think so. For me, I think it's probably more circumstances, right? Because just right around the time he would be fostered, you just had a war breakout, um, or like a, min- a minor one, just a, re- a rebellion, and so, and then also, then by that way after that, you have Theon there. So in a way, you're kind of fostering somebody else. Uh, so and then also probably Catelyn and her strong ties with family, not wanting to put. I just. I don't think she just would have wanted. That to happen
0: yeah for sure I, I think you're you're probably right in a lot of that and i, I would even add that um i think with the, the the decline when you look at the fosterings that took place before um with Edard and, and and um robert baratheon like the decline of the targaryens is very interesting i think a lot of people knew that their power was declining and dragons were not there and things like that so over time it's sort of like uh, i think the game of thrones picks up a little bit people are starting to think like how do i vie for power how do we make alliances and a very natural, easy way to do it is to say, I mean, it seems like a really nice and benevolent thing to just say we're, we're going to foster our, our kids with one another. But these higher lords might be saying, like, this is going to benefit us in the long run because we foresee maybe um, a crack or a, a, you know, kind of a chink in the um, Targaryen armor
1: and, and we're going to try to expose it. So, right. OK, so right. So, so Ned was fostered at the age of eight um Rob is born in 283. Uh joy rebellion happens in 289. So I'm just doing some math here. So six he would have been 6 when it happened. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think you know that happens. So I I think it's a combination probably of all of those things. So Yeah, sure cuz cuz then you have then you have the end there. So I, I just think I think I think all of that kind of stuff. So if eight is the age that you would foster somebody, well, Bran isn't even eight by the time the series starts. Yeah, and, and, and so maybe I think the only the only person who would have who would have been at the age to have been fostered would have been Rob, who I think misses out on it because because of the Greyjoy Rebellion.
0: Well, and more so, you're saying like after the Greyjoy Rebellion, right? Like why not afterwards? I, I think that's the question, right? Because mistrust and stuff. Y-
1: well. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that. But then also, well, I think I think his best chance would have been before, because then everything would have been kind of normal. But then you have Theon there, and so in a way, you're fostering Theon, right? Because he's your he's your, he's your ward. And so then Rob, they they have somebody else now from another culture, you know, to kind of help you grow and expand. They're roughly the same age, so yeah. I think I don't. I think I think you know, would you want would you want to send Rob off when you have Theon, right? You like you want to. You're kind of wanting to. Ned's the kind of person where I want to raise. You know, I'll raise Theon the best I can as well. And so I don't know that I'd want to send off my firstborn son for that. And also, you know, um well, I guess I guess Brandon was was sent off, and he was their first, he was their firstborn son. So I was I was kind of thinking about that. But you know, you had you have Benjamin as well. So you had you had three sons. So I mean, I I think I think it was a lot. Yeah. 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 It's like, uh, Oh, I think it's just like a big combination of all those factors. Yeah,
0: no, it's it, it's interesting to think about, though, you know, because that is, uh, it's a tactic that is used by these various lords to kind of make alliances and, and to to shore up, um, you know, um, power and, and make sure that you're protected. So it's just to foster and 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 so you're fostering and, and then marriages, marriage alliances. So really cool. And actually, that's a it's a plug for the uh, Patreon series, the um, hall uh four part series. You want to look at more. Of what was maybe going on with um, Hoster Tully and John Aaron and uh, the Starks and the Baratheons and, and what were what were they trying to accomplish there? So,
1: yeah, I'm trying to look trying to look, I'm trying to look and see. So when Brandon gets sent off, you know how old would Benjen have been, right? So because Benjen, I don't think was because you want to have you you'd probably want to have a a Stark in Winterfell. Oh yeah, so.
0: yeah, always got to have one. Yep. So yep.
1: anyway. Anyway, great, uh, Raven. There, Sir Sam the Hammer. We appreciate that. Yeah, so kind of interesting. I, I love these kind of. Uh, well, I don't know. Let's dive in. You know, questions that it's like even something like that where it's like that was a good one. I like that. Well, I don't question. not know let's go, let's go. Let's go look at this logically and kind of do some math and see what's going on. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Well, we want to thank you guys for playing The Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter Twenty Five, Tyrion Six of A Clash of Kings.
0: If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We
1: will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.